Sounds may be perceived as color, or color as odor. I, I knew that the boys smoked pot, and they, they equally knew that I disapproved. Yes, I was free above the planet Earth, so it was rotating majestically below me. New Year in Australia.
New in Australia. Something from Pelican Doris, How Angels Hallucinate and the Interrogation. And um, that was released some time ago, and we're playing that because we have in the studio uh, Mr. Andy Ranson. Good, Hi. Good evening, Andy. How are you uh, who's joining myself and Danny. Hi, Danny. Um, <laughs> on New in Australia tonight. And uh, Pelican Doris, uh, a Sydney band releasing music in the uh, latter part of uh, the 80s and the 90s as well, but being reissued now on Sydney's 442 record label which is uh, the label that is uh, run by guys from Telefonica and uh, now Andy um, before we get into the whole kind of uh, Pelican Daughters reissued story I guess um, take us back maybe to to the origins of the band uh, insofar as um, what Sydney was like at the time because a lot of people who are going to be listening to FBI and to this show I mean dare I say it may not have even been born mm, <laughs> <it's true. laughs> which is terrifying but there you have it um, and uh, or at least we're very young at the time mm. I wouldn't necessarily have been going out and you know going, going to gigs and drinking what what was the environment like that you were making music in at the well, time? it hasn't changed that much you know <laughs> the hope town was still here <laughs> That's what has changed. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, it's changed a bit. Hasn't it? <coughs> Excuse me. Um, it was um, much the same place, and um, you know there was lots of stuff going on, just as there is with you guys and you know your, I guess, what would you call it? Your little catchment, catchment of artists. Mm. You know, mm. people doing crazy or slightly unusual stuff. It was exactly the same, mm. and um, for us, the, you know, every, everyone has their heroes, and. Uh, for us uh, back then at school, excitedly swapping vinyl at lunch and all this stuff. Me and Justin, the other guy, you know, in, in Pelican Daughters and, and whoever else we could rope in. So, there, you know, it was always me, Justin and whoever else we could rope in. <laughs> the biggest name we ever roped in was Sheriff Lindo, the dub guy. Okay. <clears throat> and um, we would, uh, you know, argue about music all lunchtime long. And then after <laughs> school go home and and you know record stuff on a four track you know it was just awesome you know where where, where would you be, where would you find music though at, at that point i mean we red you... eye records baby yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we go to red eye records and we try and find the stuff that we heard on triple j late at night fbi wasn't around of course and uh to ser and uh especially to mbs midnight to dawn mm. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. that TMB is the classical station, but they do, mm. and still to this day, do a lot of that mm. kind of uh, odd stuff. Now, I was yeah. thinking, um, though, that, uh, I mean, you know, I've, I arrived off a, off a boat from Scotland only about seven years ago, so I never kind of lived through, um, a, you know, the my kind of formative music years in Sydney but but living in Scotland there were two bands that kind of resonated for us around about the same time which were Severed Heads and SPK yeah. so I imagine and now listening to, to Pelican Doras I can hear traces of, of both of those bands in there but were those kind of influences yeah, yeah, yeah you named it mate those two bands more yeah, than right. any other you know but we you know we obviously we listened to Throbbing Gristle and um uh, the whole industrial thing yeah. and, you know, White House and what have you. Uh, and uh, especially things like Nurse with Wound. Yeah. And, uh, God, uh, what, what else blew our minds? Um, this is probably meaning nothing to your listeners, but there was <laughs> there was a lot of crazy, crazy music yeah. being made before samplers. And, yeah. you know, it obviously had a long history, but at the time, it, to, to us, it just came out of the blue. This was pre-techno. There wasn't a lot of rhythm in it, but there was a lot yeah. of... You know, atmosphere yeah. and evocation. It made you feel 
different. A lot of fu- a lot of the future in it too. Yeah, it's very much so. I yeah. mean, I, I remember- it wasn't afraid. You know, this music was very intense. Mm. And I guess as you know, as as far as kind of experimental music goes, if you like, I mean, definitely something like Throbbing Gristle in the mid mid to late seventies was a kind of watershed mm. for that because there, there was a lot of. Uh, musicians or artists who felt well there's something here that i can pick up and 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 start to play with it was that kind of intersection between punk and experimental music i suppose mm. um but yeah, so so coming off i guess the back of that kind of industrial um scene if, mm. for, for one of a better word through the 80s um the and first one i got was the first throbbing gristle <laughs> record second annual report but i was unlucky enough to get the one that was recorded backwards because they thought that was some kind of artistic <laughs> statement and i was like oh, i guess it's all right and, and the next thing i got was SPK's album Like and Try which I just found absolutely terrifying SPK are a kind of band that I mean I've been in Sydney now as I say for about seven years but no one ever mentions them you know Mm. it seems to me they're one of those bands that are you know what one of the most interesting bands possibly ever to come out of Sydney, mm. but but really, well, ref- you know, they're, they're kind of Sydney, New Zealand. Hey, mm. <laughs> <laughs> respect to, yeah. to our New Zealand cousins. Yeah, um, Graham Ravel, I think, is a New Zealander. <coughs> yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. And, and he joined up with a guy called Neil Hill, who I've never met, um, who, who was a Sydney guy, right, I think. Right. You know, and um, and they started to experiment with um, dark. You know, music, mm. uh, you know, for people who maybe get ignored, you know, in mainstream music circles. Sure. Yeah. And, and I found that record so full on. I, I you know, it's, it's kind of stupid and embarrassing to admit it, but I actually kept a diary of my listening to that record because I found it so hard to mm. grapple with. Mm. And then, I, you know, once I, once I got used to it, I, I, I heard Severed Heads and suddenly, you know, realized, you know, you can be experimental and fun as well. Mm, you can yeah. be joyous. It, it can even be floor friendly. You know, so 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 the second thing that blew my mind was, you know, uh, Tom and Gary and um, uh, and Paul von Deering. You know, it's that era of Severed Heads, especially the album Since the Accident, which um, got played all over the place when I, I was a kid. Mm. Everyone was playing that record, and um, yeah, it changed a lot of lives. And not, you know, we hadn't heard samplers back then you know mm. people were mm. using tape loops yeah. they would get a loop yeah. and um it would go round and round and round and round and that was new back then yeah and what was the reaction i mean when when you first started playing then i mean wh- what was the reaction what was the reaction to i guess to the to the sydney kind of gig going public i mean w- were you guys kind of generally um you know were you were you getting good attention or was it was it hard to get people to take notice because it wasn't your traditional you know rock and roll stuff no no no, i'd say this without any bitterness whatsoever (laughs) (laughs) but we just went totally under the radar right yeah yeah there was no you know there was no scene for us (laughs) okay Uh, but we did see we did see some some stuff that definitely has you know made its impact Mm. you know we would be going out and we'd be playing and we would see stuff and and some of that stuff got uh, you know made made its mark you know which is awesome yeah yeah and do you feel then that um you know I mean you've the the Pelican Dora stuff that was was released I mean do you feel that it it maybe didn't get its due do you do you, do you or do you feel quite comfortable with you know where it got to and and how it all unfolded we we made two albums one was called Fishbones and Wishbones um, the first one which was a compilation of our early stuff. Mm. It's a little bit, you know, immature, you know, it's a little bit, um, you can tell that, you know, you can tell I haven't had sex, 
Yeah. Uh, the second album. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't get that when I listened to it, but now I listen to it we in were, a different light. We were fifteen years old. <laughs> we were really young. Uh, it came out on an American label called Silent Records, which some people might know as Kim Cascone's label. And Kim Cascone has gone on to bigger things. He he's you know a, a well known sound art dude. Um, the second album that came out on Silent Records was called Bliss, and uh, that's the best record to me that mm. I've ever released. Yeah, right. You know, I'm really proud to be part of that record. Okay. It took a long time to get together, and um, it ended up on the Enemy's top five ambient albums. Did it sell? I don't know. I never saw any sales <laughs> reports. Well, look, let's um, let's take a listen to something from your fifteen-year-old um, virgin phase. Then, um, oh. from uh, from what are you going to play? From I thought I'd play something from Fishbones and Wishbones. Oh man! And uh, I really like this one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is called the Hay Wayne. Okay. Thank you. 
from the album Darkness Before Light. That is Pelican Doras and Chess Game. Before that, we heard something else from Pelican Doras from the album Fishbones and Wishbones. We heard the Hay Wayne. You're listening to New Wear Australia on FBI with Stu Buchanan and Danny Jumperts. And we're joined in the studio by Andy Ranson, who was the, the I guess, the hub the core of Pelican Doris when they released that uh, music uh, some time ago. Now, Andy, um, Fishbones and Wishbones, you said very young when you released that. Late 1980s, would we say? The music was from about, let's see, uh, 1985 to about 1990. And yeah. what we just heard there, the that was different. That, that was a bit later on. You can see we've got a sampler there. That would have mm. been about ninety-one to ninety-three somewhere. Okay. Yeah. Um, and now this stuff that we're playing, we're playing it because it's been reissued on uh, Telefonica's four four two label. Mm. Um, thanks to Adrian uh, Elmer from Telefonica, who's mm. taken uh, made a bit of a personal mission to create uh, a free archive of your back catalogue, which mm. is very nice of him. Oh, that's awesome. How did that relationship uh, come? about and and how did he persuade you to go through with this foolhardy idea <laughs> i was i was hoping you'd ask me that question because <laughs> i like <coughs> telling this story <laughs> i um I, I was playing a um you know your your listeners may or may not be aware of this but i'm half of itchy and scratchy mm. and um occasionally i get a dj gig and this was one such occasion and i played at um martin place and uh, when we DJ or when I DJ alone, I play our stuff or my stuff. You yeah, know. yeah. Um, I don't have an, you know, I don't have a collection of, you know, I don't DJ, DJ that. I don't, do, you know, I do that at the office party. You know, I'll play Madonna and the rest. But you know, when I'm, you know, so anyway, I brought this stuff along, and I arrived, and uh, the people running the, the night were awesome. You know, they they just so cool and. Um, let the record show they paid me even though I didn't earn it and it was awesome <laughs> you know but what actually happened was a debacle and uh, the reason was that the night was um, breaks funky breaks yeah. big bass lines nice slow beats chicks were digging everyone was dancing and then I get on and like I'm on this at the particular time you know I'm on this kind of techno you know mission <laughs> <laughs> And it was too fast for them. I I cleared the floor, and um, everybody went next door. Yeah, right. <clears throat> I finished my and and my girlfriend slapped and hurt her cheek. <laughs> so it was a good night for everyone. <laughs> everybody had a ball. So I went next door. You know, I packed up. There was nobody nobody there except somebody telling me what I should have done. Of course, there's always, there's always two or three. <laughs> yeah, you bet. Yeah, yeah. You know, that, that's the most humiliating part of all, if you ask me. Yes. And and then you go next. I I I left the room, went next door, and there was this band playing, and they were pretty damn good. And I stayed and watched them. Afterwards, I I went up and spoke to one of them. It turned out to be Adrian. And that's how I met him, right? Yeah. And he he was oblivious to the fact that you cleared the room. Well, he he had everybody. They were watching him. <laughs> right. I'm going to hitch my wagon to this guy. <laughs> yeah, well, you got you got to be smart about these things. <laughs> so, uh, so Adrian's putting together. Um, not only has he released the Pelican Daughter stuff, but as we said, methodically going through the back catalogue. There is, however, another Pelican Daughters release to come. I believe. Tell us a little bit about that one. Yeah, well, this is like a compilation of stuff that never made it onto albums. So on on that one is stuff that came out on compilations, all of it in the US. I don't think we ever got an Australian release. It, it all came out in California where they were like, hey, you guys are great, man. You know, 
wow. You know, that, so, so they were totally stoking on our stuff in Cali. <laughs> we're big in California. <laughs> and... Um, in 99. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, between, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, but on, on you go. It was so exciting, you know, for us as kids, you know, we were signing like devious record contracts and everything. It was so awesome. We thought we were rock stars. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, things came out on compilations as well. And uh, Adrian, God bless him, uh, has collected all this stuff and he's putting it out again for free for download. Um, and one of the one of the things he's putting up as well is a series of remixes by um, a, a Colorado fan of ours as well, who, who started writing music just using Pelican Daughter samples. Wow! I know. Uh, <laughs> quite unusual. And there's a whole album of this material, is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. That's the next thing off the block. Okay. Um, now, uh, so four four two music is the label uh, to to uh, to find uh, this uh, this material. We'll give you the web address in a second. But um, it's it's not such a leap to go from <coughs> Pelican Doras um, now knowing about uh, the sort of music you're making in Pelican Doras to what happened after that, which mm. was of course itchy and scratchy. Itchy and scratchy. Um, and to some people, itchy and scratchy is sweetness and light. It's an aria award. To others, of course, um, you know the the story is 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 much deeper um, and uh, and more interesting. How do you how do you think about the time now, looking back on itchy and scratchy and and all the kind of the little madness that went along at that time. It was the most awesome time. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Oh, look, I look back on it fondly, and I pro- should probably say we're still writing music together. So you and Paul, yeah, Paul yeah, Mack yeah. still. Yeah, we're, still I mean, we're writing a track tonight. When I finish, <laughs> when I finished here, I'm going back. Yeah, so you know. And uh, how, where will that end up? What's uh, what, what's that for? As a project, or is it just? It, it, it'll end up in another itchy and scratchy release. Probably January. Great. Yeah. Okay. Well, look, you've you've queued up a, a track, an itchy and scratchy track for us. Mm. Uh, tell us about this one. Well, um, just before I came here, um, I packed up my bag. And, you know, <laughs> Paul's now immersed in studio stuff, and I should be there helping him. <laughs> I said to him, uh, you know, of all the tracks that, apart from Sweetness and Light, the ones people never heard, um, which, you know, yeah. is the one that you would like me to play tonight. And this is the one he picked. And it's called The Hypnotist. You're an FBI.
Well, it's New Weird Australia on FBI and uh, taking a bit of uh, a look back at uh, the work of Mr. Andy Ranson, who's with us in the studio and listening there to The Hypnotist from Itchy and Scratchy. Mm. And uh, now, Paul, before, uh, sorry, not um, Andy, <laughs> Paul, we're talking about Paul mm. before. Yeah, yeah, of course, we're just your talking cohort. about my partner in crime. That's in right, Itchy your cohort. Scratchy, Paul Mack, who I'm Mac. sure you've heard of. That's right. <laughs> now, um, Andy, your, your other project, I guess, um, of, that has some currency is, is Cherry 2000. Mm. Um, that FBI listeners are uh, probably more than well aware of. But tell us a little bit about uh, what's been happening with them mm. recently. Well, backstage at an itchy and scratchy gig in about, um, oh, who knows when, 98, 99, we were playing with Biff Tech, I think it was at Bondi. And I was backstage, we were waiting to go on. And um, one of my friends came around with a, a girlfriend of hers uh, and, and said, oh, you know, Hi, how are you going? Blah, blah. Oh, this is my mate, Rachel. And um, this, like, gorgeous redhead, like, gangly redhead, just like, oh, my God. Yeah, and I yeah, I said, hi, how are you going? And uh, I never forgot her. Um, <laughs> years later, um, I, I, I met her again, and uh, we uh, fell in love, I guess, and we're still living together. And... Uh, you know, we lived together for two years. This was about eight years ago, nine years ago. Yeah. Uh, and she was just so, like, wild and um, bolshy and just, just she's just really rock and roll. And after a while, I said to her, you know, you should be singing in a rock band. <laughs> and she said, everyone said that to me since I was a kid. And um, she was 28, so it's a bit late to be starting, you know, and mm. like, you know, it's not like she'd had singing lessons or anything or even held a mic. Um, but um, we knuckled down and uh, I, I attempted to, uh, you know, back up her character and personality and her lyrics in a way that sort of, you know, went with her personality. Mm. So it's kind of like, for me, it was a production feat, yeah, right. you know, of some, some kind. Uh, and, and in so doing, I went on an internal journey which is just wonderful for me I discovered the world you know I'd never listened to anything but electro started with Gary Newman and SBK and all that um I never listened to rock and roll before but um working with Rachel I knew I had to do some background research (laughs) (laughs) so I I, you know I, I found my way to um um something that I you know related to or understood uh which was uh Judas Priest right yeah and uh, and worked out from there. And before too long, I was the biggest heavy metal nut. You know, <laughs> I'm a huge heavy, I'm a huge heavy metal fan now. You know, <laughs> and and um, I wrote this stuff, and we kept working. And it was you know we were aiming for something, and still are, that walks the line between you know heavy electro dance music and heavy metal. Um, and her voice is quite strong and big. Mm. Uh, it's not trained. It, it's kind of like if you can imagine John Lydon, but with thicker and deeper. Yeah, right. you know, it's that kind of thing. Um, and uh, that's what we started to do. So we started playing around the traps, and we were rock bottom, you know, just like playing the dingiest gigs, and we still are. <laughs> and we've released three albums. <laughs> but it sounds like it's uh, it's a bit of a mission or it's a journey that's that's going to keep going. From, from hearing you just talk there, I mean, it's yeah. Uh, I would like to continue to write music with her till the day one of us dies. 
All right. Yeah. Those redheads, eh? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you can't go back. Cherry 2050. <laughs> All right. Hey, listen, Andy, it's been great to have you in tonight. Thanks very much for coming in. Thanks and, for having me. Um, you know, continued success with the Gene Scratchy and Cherry 2000 and, of course, the Pelican Doras reissues um, through 442. Um, we're going to take something from Cherry 2000 from the album The Dead Ride Hard. And you chose this particular track mm. for a particular reason. Electric Witch. I chose this one because, um, I, I, you know, the, the, the show is about the weirdest stuff. You know, a lot of Cherry 2000 is straight down the line, electro rock, which is great. You know, I love it, especially love it loud. I love to deafen myself. I love to bang my head to it. But um, this particular track, you know, I thought it would suit your program. I, I, I hope you agree. I hope your audience <laughs> agrees. I hope you all enjoy it. Uh, this is a collaboration with another guy in Sydney called Manic Deboto from Dead Inside the Chrysalis. And it's uh, uh, Rachel and Manic like spewed out these lyrics very quickly in less than an hour. And Manic told me what he was aiming for and what they were both aiming for was a cross between beat poetry and um, William Shatner. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> Captain. Uh, Andy, thanks very much. This is Chair uh, 2000.
Don't you take your glasses off so we can see you and then apologize to your neighbors for frightening no, them. No, 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 no. I'll leave these on. No, I like them. No. We're Australia.